Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. We recently started a new podcast series called Harder Things, and that's what we want to continue today as we look at this passage from Ephesians chapter 5. That's where we were this past Sunday as we spoke about marriage. And the title of our lesson on Sunday was Marriage, the Shadow, and the Substance, because as you look at this passage from Ephesians 5, 22 to 33, there's two different things going on. Paul is giving us instructions about how to do marriage, and at the same time, with the same message, he's telling us what marriage means, why it was created, what it represents. And you could tell that just by reading through the passage, which we'll read a little bit of it here. In verse 22, when he's referring to wives, he says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So you can tell he's speaking of wives and their role, but at the same time he's telling us what it represents, what wives represent, what the parallel is. And as he goes on to speak about husbands, it's very much the same thing. He says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, and that she might be holy and without blemish. And so you're thinking, well, what is he talking about? Is he talking about marriage, husbands and wives, or or is he talking about something different? And the answer is, well, both. He's talking about how to do marriage and why to do marriage properly because of what it represents. And it's that parallel that we want to continue looking at today in our Harder Things study is we we want to look at this parallel in another light because that's what the point of this passage is. And for a pastor, it was challenging for two reasons. It was challenging because I'm speaking about how ideally to do marriage based on God's will the way that God created marriage and how he wants us to do it according to his will, that's challenging in a world that we break everything God gives us. And marriage in our culture has been broken. You know, it's just, I don't see a lot of marriages that look like this. But it's challenging for another reason. And another, the other way it's challenging is because of, this is representing something really big. And I feel like I it, it's hard to do it justice because Paul is saying there's another layer to this. It's proper to do marriage according to God's will because it's helpful to your husband and it's helpful to your wife and it's helpful to the marriage success on earth. And if that's not enough, here's the bigger, broader, best reason to do marriage properly because of what it represents. You see, the wife represents the church and the husband represents Jesus. And that's really why marriage was created as a representation and a shadow of our union with Jesus in heaven. And it's so interesting, God created that simply to reflect this union that he has with his people through his son. And I love that. And that's what the parallel we want to look at today is I want to look at this idea of why to do marriage properly, but not just marriage, why to live the Christian life according to God's will, according to God's standard. Why live for Jesus? Why? And that's kind of brought up here in this passage. Even though it's talking about marriage, it's representing something we find in the entirety of Scripture that it's all about Jesus. There's this passage from Colossians 1 that I love. 
that's so classic and it, it represents exactly what scripture is all about that it's all about jesus and i just want to read this passage from colossians 1 15 to 20 and you've probably heard this before but i just think it really represents what we're talking about today referring to jesus in 15 it says he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things were created through him and for him and he is before all things and in him all things hold together and he is the head of the body the church he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in everything he might be preeminent for in him all the fullness of god was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Now, I don't have the time to linger in this passage and to look at all the wonderful things here, but I'm just going to really sum this passage up in one brief little statement. It's all about Jesus. And when I say it's all about Jesus, I mean it is all about Jesus. If we just single out one phrase one verse from this this is what it says listen to what it says referring to jesus christ in verse 16 all things were created through him and for him i'm going to say that again because it's so important all things were created through him and for him referring to the lord jesus christ do you notice that do you see why I say it's all about Jesus? Because it is. It literally states that everything that has been created by God, which means everything good, the things that we have on earth that are bad or things that God created and we perverted or things that we invented that God had no part in doing. But everything that was good was created by God. And the reason it was created by God is for Jesus. In fact, you could go as far as to say that Jesus himself created it, because that's what it says. God the Father was a part of creation. Jesus was a part of creation. The Holy Spirit was a part of creation. But let's talk about this from the angle of Jesus creating everything for himself. Have you thought about that recently? Have you thought about that in your past week or month or the last 24 hours that you were created by Jesus for Jesus? I mean, doesn't that put everything into perspective if you love Jesus? Going, wow, that's the reason I am alive today. That's the reason I woke out of my bed to this morning. That's the reason I have breath in my lungs is for Jesus. Well, taking that phrasing, that, that truth that we just found and applying it back to what he says in marriage, that's exactly why marriage was created. We find it in Ephesians 5 and we find it in Colossians chapter 1 that it was created for Jesus. So marriage, obviously, is created by God for Jesus. It was created by Jesus for Jesus. And that's so important to know because that helps us. That helps us understand why we should do it according to God's instructions. As I said on, on Sunday, sometimes our spouses don't deserve the kind of submission and love that God asks for because you know, we're sinners by nature. We're often selfish people, prideful people, lazy people. And, you know, my wife, there's just some days that I don't deserve her submission. I'm going to be honest. 
And that's just how it is. So you can look at this passage and go, I don't know. I'm supposed to love my wife as Christ loved the church? Well, you know, Jesus loves his church because he's Jesus. I'm supposed to give that love to my wife? Yes. And you can do it because of your love for your wife. And that's a really important reason to do it. And you should. But even if that's not enough, even if there's times that you're lazy and you have the wrong perspective or your wife or your spouse isn't acting the way that you think they should, there's a deeper, bigger reason here that should motivate us and spur us on to do this properly. It's because of what this marriage represents. It represents Jesus and his relationship with his church. And if we use that in marriage, we can do what God has called us to do in a better mindset, with a better energy, with a better focus. And I'm going to break off from this and we'll circle back to this at the end. But because this is a parallel, I'm going to use a parallel to help us understand this a little bit better. See, my wife I, my wife and I have a, a really great relationship. We really do. We've been in marriage for 10 years. We give all, you know, all the glory to God for that. But we have a really solid marriage. There's not a lot of bickering or anything like that in our in our relationship. And I'm thankful for that. I just kind of found, I kind of hit the lottery with Janine. She's just so easygoing. She's just so submissive. She's just so loving and supportive of me. But here's the honest truth. And this is coming from a Christian. This is coming from a pastor. There's times that I don't love my wife. And I don't mean in, in the general broad sense, I don't love her. I mean in this daily sacrificial, I don't put her needs above mine 24-7. It's just honest. And I'm called to, in Ephesians chapter 5, love my wife as Christ loved the church. And I'll say confidently, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I have not loved my wife yet as Christ loved his church. Well, we know how Christ loved his church. He went to the absolute limits, the length, the breadth, the depth of what he could possibly go to to show his love for his church. He went to the cross. Okay, I haven't done that for my wife. I haven't done the equivalent of that for my wife so I'm still pressing on in this. But here's the honest truth. By not doing that, I hurt my wife. I hurt my wife when I neglect to love her. If I'm lazy and I'm selfish and I'm prideful and I choose myself over her, that hurts my wife. And you know what helps me get back on track oftentimes in marriage to love Janine properly? It's this simple. I think about her. I think about my wife. I think about who she is. I think about how special she is. I think about what a treasure she is. I think about how blessed I am to have her. And honestly, that's enough usually to get me back on track and go, wait a minute, I don't want to hurt my wife. The last thing I want to do in this world is hurt the best blessing God ever gave me, which is my wife. I don't want to do that. So when I fall in those times of selfishness and pride and laziness, or honestly, I just, I say something that is that is mean or critical or whatever, and I hurt my wife, and then I realize that I'm like, wait a minute, I don't want to hurt my wife. And oftentimes, just thinking about her is enough to get me back on track, because I love my wife. I'm thankful for my wife. I can't imagine doing this life without her. But when Jesus calls us to love himself, he says, I want you to do it for me. You know, because in Isaiah 53, we find something quite shocking here. In Isaiah 53, which is a classic passage about Jesus, and this is written well before Jesus ever came to the earth, it's speaking about the love Jesus was going to give his church. Okay, just the very same love he refers to in Ephesians 5. Listen to what it says, and I'm sure you've heard this passage before. It's really classic. 
But it says this in verse 4 of Ephesians chapter 53. Excuse me, Isaiah chapter 53. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Verse 5, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. Do you notice that? This is the way that Christ loved his church. Now, when I said oftentimes to love my wife properly, all I need to do is think about her. It's true. And it's the same way for my children. Um, sometimes, I'm going to be honest, sometimes I, I don't always want my children around me. They're too rowdy, they're too loud, I'm not in the proper spirit. And even though I love all six of my children, there's just times that I, I, I wish I could be on my own. And I know, that's, that's horrible to admit. But it's the same thing. When I, when I think about my children, and sometimes I do this at night with my children. Well, at, my, at night, before I go to bed, I go in and check on all my kids and just see how they're doing and if they're covered and stuff like that. And oftentimes, I just linger for a moment, and I just look at them. And I just pause and thank the Lord for each of my children because of how special and what a gift they are to me. And that just puts me in the right perspective every single night. And I don't do that every single night, but when I do that, it, it puts me in the right perspective to go, man, I don't want to hurt these children. And I have at times. I've hurt my children. I've said things in a moment. I've I've been too harsh. I've I've you know, I haven't been around like I should or whatever. And I and then I think about my children and go, man, I don't want to hurt my children. I love my children. My children are true gifts to me, every single one of them. And yeah, there's days that, that it's harder to love them. There's days that it's harder to love my wife than others. But all, oftentimes, all I have to do is think about them. And it gets me back on track because the, the last thing I ever want to think is that I hurt my wife or hurt my children that are so precious to me. And that's the parallel. That's the parallel I want to sort of leave with you with today is why should we do marriage according to Jesus' standard? Why should we do life according to Jesus' standard? It's because it's for Jesus. And when we do it according to God's standard, we love Jesus. And when we don't do it according to God's standard, it's honest, we hurt Jesus. And if you're a Christian and have been following the Lord and have any relationship with Jesus at all, I'm guessing there's a huge part of you that never wants to think you hurt Jesus because he's not worthy of that. See, Jesus gave his life for us. In Isaiah 53, it says, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Do you see that? Why would I ever want to hurt Jesus? I don't. Do I sometimes? Yeah, I do. Because I'm either disobedient and I do something that he doesn't want me to do, or I neglect to do something that he wants me to do. And, and I thought about this with marriage, going, man, this is the reason I need to do marriage properly. is because at the root of it, at the core, at the, at the deepest part of it, it's how I love my Lord Jesus. Because marriage represents something. It represents his relationship with the church. And I want us to think about that today because the parallel I said is oftentimes to get myself back on track to loving my wife and loving my children is simply by thinking about them. And I'm hoping that the, if we're not on track today, either in marriage or in the Christian life with Jesus, that all we need to do today is think about him. All we need to do is think about how special and a treasure he is to us. How profound he is for our soul. What lengths he went to to save our souls and to heal us from our sin. 
if we'll just linger there today, we'll just think about Jesus, I think everything will come back together. I, I mean that. I know there's times in the Christian life for fearing God, but I think one of the greatest motivators we've ever come across in the Christian life is simply just Christ himself. That if I think about Jesus, if I dwell on Jesus, if I, if I have my thoughts and my minds and my heart pause for a moment and consider who he is and what he's done and what he's worth to me, I'll come to this conclusion. I don't want to hurt him ever again. I have before, but I don't want to today. And that's why I'm going to do marriage properly today. For my wife's sake, yes. For my wife's sake. For my marriage's sake, yes. For my marriage's sake. For my family's sake, yes. But primarily for Christ's sake, because everything was created by him and for him. And he's the one that loved me to such lengths that I'm now healed spiritually. I now have hope spiritually. I now have a relationship with God for all eternity. And that's all I'm going to hit you with today. Think about Jesus. Think about him. Consider who he is. Consider what he's done. I don't know what you're going through right now. I'm sure there's things in your life that are hard and difficult. And there's reasons, justifiable reasons in your own mind to say, you know what, I don't feel it today. I'm going to be lazy. I'm going to be selfish. You know, God could make my life easier. And if he did, I would, I would serve him better. But right now I'm not feeling it. So whatever. And I want you to consider Jesus and his great worth and value to your soul. And then I want you to use that as motivation to get back on track. If you're not, or if you are on track to stay on track and don't get sidetracked today. Don't look to the right or to the left. Stay focused on Jesus today. Stay focused on loving him today. If you're in marriage, use marriage for his sake. But everything, use it for his sake. Because it's all about Jesus. Use your work for his sake. Use your money for his sake. Use your time for his sake. Because everything was given to you for that reason. It's the will of God. And it's the way we love our Lord Jesus. And I'm guessing and I'm hoping and I'm praying that you want to love your Lord Jesus today. He's worthy of that. So use that motivation today to do it for Jesus. And if you get sidetracked, get right back on by simply by thinking about his great worth and value to your soul. And I hope by focusing upon that and dwelling upon that today, we'll stay exactly where we need to be. At his feet, doing his will, listening to the commandments of God, functioning according to the will God has given us. And doing it all so we can stand confidently before our Lord Jesus today, someday on the last day and say to Jesus, Jesus, it was all for you. Every sacrifice, every act of obedience, it was all for you, Jesus. And be able to lay those crowns at his feet. I hope that encourages you today. Stay the course because Jesus is worth it. Many blessings. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.